Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. If you want to hear more shows on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and become a member. Through your membership, you'll get access to Thursday bonus shows, Tuesday shows ad-free, and overtime shows when they are available. So if that interests you, hit up theconfessionalspodcast.com slash join. Also, friends, if you want, go ahead and check out preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. There you can get yourself emergency supply of food that will last up to 25 years on the shelf. And chances are you probably won't need to wait 25 years to use it. So get it now while it's hot. All right, friends, we got a great show coming up here. We have Blake Stark coming on the show. We said we were going to drop his last name towards the end and we forgot to. So I'll tell you right now, his last name is Stark. And if you want to contact him, go ahead and do so. You'll hear those instructions in the beginning of this interview. But Blake talks to us about his paranormal experiences that he had growing up in a house that was built in the 1800s and how that kind of affected him and his family. That all kind of pushed him into a life where he started pursuing helping people to be delivered from demonic oppression. And that's what he does. He travels the country going to people, meeting with churches, and helping teach people how to deliver themselves and their congregation from demonic oppression in their lives. And this was just a great conversation. We talked about his experiences, and then we dove into what he does and how he goes about things. I asked a lot of questions towards the end because I was very curious. So hopefully you enjoy this conversation. Let's get to Blake right now. All right, today we got Blake. Blake, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. So I almost said your last name, but uh, 
I don't know if that's. I it. saw the pause. <laughs> I know. Because okay. yeah. I, I was just thinking like my first name, and I was just like, oh, right. Uh, we'll just let it go. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll tell them at the end. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell them at the end. Stay tuned to the end for the secret. Um, we got them hooked now, Blake. We got them hooked. Uh, yep. 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 So Blake, listen, man, you, uh, you contacted us and you talked to us about these experiences you had in a family home you moved into. Now, was, was this a farmhouse, an old farmhouse? Was that? That's correct. Yeah. Actually okay. built in 1850 in upstate New York. Yep. G- gotcha. Okay. So 1850 upstate New York, old farmhouse and, uh, things kind of got rowdy in there. Kind of went a little sideways bonkers. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and that kind of kind of it seems like that would have set you, it's safe to say that set you up for a life of um at least a, a pursuit of understanding of why things happen the way they happen happen absolutely gotcha so uh before we get too far into this i want to just let people know in the beginning here um you are a shoot what's the term you said because I want to say the deliverance other, minister, deliverance minister, also known yes. as exorcist. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so you're a deliverance minister, and uh, your your experiences have a big reason as to why you are a deliverance minister today. And uh, your ministry that you have is deliverancesolutions.org. And so people can check that out and uh, kind of surf around your website and vet you while you talk right now. Um, yeah, yeah. So by the end of it, they might know your last name. So, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, if you could just kind of walk us into this, uh, this you guys move into this farmhouse. How old were you? And I think you said it pretty much immediately started popping off, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I was six years old when we moved in. I had just finished kindergarten, so I was in first grade at that house, and uh, the very first night. Because we, we had toured the house with the realtor and everything. So we'd walk through and we're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And then that first night when we turned the lights off, the walls started glowing. And there was invisible writing on the walls in like glow-in-the-dark ink. And so we never saw it during the day when we walked through the house. And I don't, I was too young to remember. We, we only, we painted over it the very next day. But like that, that night, I just, all I remember seeing is got milk. That was like the one thing I remember seeing. <laughs> just the just regular, you know, got milk slogan, whatever. But uh, the majority of the stuff apparently was very, very profane. Uh, lots of bad words and symbols that my parents didn't recognize. And I'm sure that they were now knowing everything that we know. I'm sure they were occult symbols and witchcraft and all of that stuff. I I know a lot more about that stuff now, <laughs> so I feel like I would have had a better idea of what the symbols meant uh, at the time. But my room had a lot of the writing in it and my sister's closet had a lot of the writing in it also. So that was very disturbing to my parents. Do you think that uh the the that writing and stuff, I mean looking back, uh take the symbolism, the symbols that your parents didn't recognize out, uh th- that almost does sound like maybe kids were doing it, but the symbolism that they didn't recognize is that something that kind of stood out to them that almost se- seemed nefarious? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, the stuff that was going on at that house, I mean, we don't know exactly what happened before we got there, but there was definitely bad stuff that was going down and, um, witchcraft was definitely involved. It, it, it was not a good, not a good place to be 
Um, and we didn't have any idea how to handle that stuff at the time. Um, I grew up Christian. We went to church every Sunday. Uh, my parents were both raised Christians, um, but we had never dealt with anything demonic like this. And, and we didn't realize really what, what we were getting into either. So uh, pretty soon after that, we all started seeing things out of the corners of our eyes. So we'd be like walking around and then we'd see like a, a shadow or a, or a whoosh or something and we'd go to look at it and then it would be gone. Or uh, we would see these floating orbs. Like people talk about seeing orbs sometimes in like the paranormal community and stuff. We saw a ton of orbs. Uh, we saw things that looked kind of like orbs, but they were more like clouds. And we just kind of see them darting around, flying from room to room, and then they would just disappear. And, and then they'd show up again in other random places, and then they disappear. Um, I remember looking outside my windows multiple times for the two years that we lived there and i would just it was almost like i was inside a tornado like wizard of oz when the house is going up like there was just these things that were whooshing like flying around the house circling it and uh i oh, talked right. to my mom about pause, it. it was crazy pause <laughs> yeah. pause, pause okay <laughs> now now i'm interested yeah okay. <laughs> no okay. i yeah. uh um so these these whooshes Yes. <laughs> we're flying around the house outside. Yes. Yes. Correct. Uh, and they were black? Uh, some were black, some were brown, and some were gray. Okay. So, all right. So they're flying. I, I, I'm, you're calling them whooshes because I'm assuming they, they were just moving that fast. It, it was just, going so fast. Yeah. I don't know what they were, but they were going very, very fast. Yeah. It, all right. So when it was flying around the house, or they were flying around the house, like how many would you say there were? Like was it like a constant blur going by the window? They were just laughing the house like crazy that fast or what? Um, it it was like it was one big thing, uh, that I would see at a time. So it wasn't like a bunch of little things flying. There would be like one thing. I'd be like, oh, that thing's flying around again. And then sometimes it would be a different color. So I don't know if it was the same thing or if there were different ones or or what. Um, and it would usually do a couple laps and then it would be done. Wow. Okay. I'm yeah. done interrupting you. Go ahead. Just take it away. Okay, keep, yeah. And, keep uh, talking. I was the only one who saw the whooshes out of the house as far as I remember. Um, but the the black stuff, we all saw that. And even when we'd have guests over, they would see it too. Like I remember my grandfather was in my bedroom with me and I was, I don't know, I was probably playing with like army guys or matchbox cars or something. And we see this black thing like come out of my closet and go out into the hallway. And, <laughs> and he's like, did you see that? And I was like, yeah, I see it all the time. He's like, what? <laughs> and so like, as a kid, I'm just nonchalant about seeing these things in the house now. Cause I didn't really understand what was going on uh, at the beginning. And my grandfather, who is a very, you know, down to earth, very grounded kind of a guy would not make up seeing something like that. And so he talked to my parents about it and they're like, yeah, we haven't really said anything to anybody yet, but we're, we are seeing stuff. Um, and so then that actually, ended up prompting them to talk to our pastor and uh, our pastor would come to the house probably once or twice a week and meet with my parents and we'd pray and try to like bless the house quote unquote or whatever, just try to cleanse some stuff that, that didn't work though. <laughs> but we, we tried. Um, there was a lot of fighting that started happening between my parents and between me and my siblings and also just my parents between like us as kids, I remember uh, one night an entire casserole of, las of lasagna went up onto the ceiling and my mom just threw it up <laughs> and there's lasagna all over the ceiling just because she totally flipped out, lost her mind for a second. 
Um, so there's a lot of freaking out like that. What did she? What did she lose her mind over though? Was she just? Was she mad or was she scared? No, she was mad. Um, yeah, gotcha. just, just very short tempers. Um, and then afterwards, she'd be like, you know, why? Why did I act like that? Why did I do that? Like, there's just weird stuff like that um, would would set us off, and we would just get angry at each other. Uh, for the the smallest things and have the hugest. I mean, it's the first time I heard the F word was <laughs> was in that house. So you know, just stuff like that. Um, and going going upstairs into like where because so basically the bedrooms were all upstairs. And so when you would go upstairs, I would always run up the stairs as fast as I possibly could because I felt like there was somebody behind me. But one of the steps on the stairs, and this was like one of the few things that was repeatable because there were a couple things we could like apply the scientific method to or whatever we could be like this is repeatable we can do it over and over again we can study it so there's one step on the stairwell that every single time you stepped on it you got chills no matter what every single time and that was just super weird it was kind of like a parlor trick i'd show my friends when they came over um it was it was weird uh, so it happened anybody? everybody every single time wow yeah yeah it was it was pretty pretty strange another thing we had that was repeatable like that was our DVD player. So back in the day before streaming and everything, you actually had to put discs into, <laughs> into the, the old machines. And um, so when we'd first turned it on, it would come up on a little, like the led lights or whatever would, or maybe it's not led, the digital stuff would light up and uh, it would say hello. But instead of displaying hello, it would just display hell. And the only way to get the DVD player to display hello would be to basically invoke the name of Jesus on the Are you serious? Player. I am not kidding. I'm not kidding. I, I remember my mom actually getting mad at me one time. My my friend Donnie was over visiting. I was like, hey, you want to see this cool trick? And she's like, don't show people that. Stop. And she was upset. But yeah, it was uh, something else. Wow. Um, that, that, yeah, that's, so the, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, the the electronics would would get affected and and so like our toys too. Um we had a remote control car that used to turn itself on and drive around without anybody using the remote. Um that happened a couple times and my sister had a doll that ironically it would pray, like that's what it would do. You'd put its hands together and then it would pray. Uh, say like a little prayer or whatever, but that doll would just go off and start talking. Uh, it would say what it was supposed to, but it, it would just randomly say its prayers without us doing it so so the electronics would would go pretty wonky so uh that's <laughs> i feel i'm jumping i'm jumping from thing to thing you know there, there's a lot to unpack there yeah yeah so um you felt comfortable enough to talk to your friends when they come over about the dvd player right yes okay so and, and this is something that you were it was like without fail every time it worked Every single time. What did, what was their response? Just thought that was weird. <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I didn't really even I didn't even really think it was that like unique at the time either. Like I was just like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. And I was like six or seven years old. Like I didn't really fully under, understand all this stuff. And so when I when I started to understand what was going on, uh it made me a much stronger Christian. I remember sitting in Sunday school class and I asked my Sunday school teacher why we don't worship Satan. And it freaked her out. 
and the pastor actually came and maybe that was when the pastor started meeting with I don't know, something like that uh, but he actually came and was meeting with me because like she I, maybe she thought I was the Antichrist or I don't know like she was scared and uh, I just was legitimately I, very intellectual as a kid and I I was seeing these powerful beings that were evil and I was like why don't we worship them why do we worship God like what's how do we know we're on the right side and I'm like trying to work all this stuff out as a six-year-old seven-year-old and uh so then once I started understanding the power of the name of Jesus and I became a Christian, gave my life to the Lord when I was six years old. And just, there was a lot happening to me spiritually at the time. And, um, we kind of had this phrase that we would say around the house when these things would show up and we'd see the orbs when we see the clouds, when the fire alarm would go off, it just, it just random things like that would be happening. And, uh, we would say by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, I command all evil to leave. And that, nine times out of 10 made whatever it was go away or made the electronic thing stop. Um, so that's how we would get the DVD player to say what it was supposed to, that, that kind of thing. So were you doing the parlor tricks uh, uh, <laughs> before, because you said you became a Christian at six. Were you doing it before six? No, no. So I had, I had actually turned six in the house uh, we lived in before the farmhouse. So I was leaving six and going into seven when we, we moved in um, that first year. Gotcha. It makes you wonder. So uh, you said like nine times out of 10, what, what were the situations where maybe it didn't work? Do you remember those situations at all? Uh, yeah. So we, we actually ended up moving out of the house because we couldn't get rid of what was going on there. And what we ended up finding out, we well to jump ahead just a little bit and then we can go back to you know, where we were. Basically, uh, this is my, my theory is that uh, it has, not so much to do with the house and more to do with the property. Um, I think that there is a territorial spirit that lives up there. Um, and because it's on top of a mountain, it's like a high place. So the, like in the old Testament, when it talks about the demons being worshiped on the high places and they would have, uh, like sex rituals, sex magic, um, there was idol worship and there was usually blood sacrifice or something like if it was Molech or it was specific, uh, deities had different, requirements and stuff so what we kind of came to the conclusion of was there's no way we're going to get rid of this territorial thing so we just need to leave and that was kind of our our attitude towards that so that's when we ended up going so the small little attacks and the little tiny skirmishes and stuff we could deal with with the name of jesus but as far as migrating a giant territorial thing that lives on a mountain that that wasn't gonna (laughs) that wasn't gonna happen at least with the the level of experience we had now I, i wonder if maybe now that I kind of have a better idea of what I'm doing, maybe I could do that, but I also don't have any need to because I live like 400 miles away. So. Yeah. Uh, maybe a field trip for one, one day with the kids to teach them, <laughs> you know, like, let's go on a spiritual warfare field trip, kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, let, yeah, let anybody daddy, wants to go, let's do it. <laughs> daddy, daddy, daddy's going to show you some parlor tricks. Uh, but uh, I, it's, it, that's interesting. Now, do you get the sense then with what you just said that, uh, there was a a very powerful entity that was operating on in that area maybe not just the house but like that area like like i mean yes. i mean more than a demon i would say like a principality so i mean the like everybody has different definitions for the terms basically um so the, i kind of describe it as like cs lewis with narnia so you've got the good animals and the bad animals so it's just basically if we just say they're spirits and the good spirits are angels and the bad spirits are demons. There's just different kinds of each. And that's kind of how I look at it. So I don't 
really know exactly like what kind of thing this is, but it was a definitely a powerful, very large and in charge kind of a demon. So yeah. mm. interesting, interesting. Um, you know, I I uh, I wonder what in this. I, I don't want to go too far sideways. I'm, I'm just, you know, what I'm going to save that question for later. Take us back to take us back to your experiences, uh, and yeah. uh, you know, so so basically, those are the experience in that house, and then you guys moved out. I'm assuming. Uh, yes, yeah, we moved out um, uh, briefly, like as, as an interim house. Uh, we just rented because we were so desperate to get out of there, and then. Uh, so you you moved that. out because of the experiences. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we fled actually, like we ran out. Things get pretty crazy so <laughs> yeah but we i remember escaping in the night basically <laughs> in the evening one night in my sister's room uh when my mom was tucking her into bed she said that she saw flaming arrows circling her bed like up above her just spiraling around and uh if you're familiar with ephesians chapter 6 with the armor of god so the shield of faith extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy and and i kind of saw that as a physical representation of a of a spiritual attack that was going on. So just very interesting that she saw that. My sister has stopped seeing stuff so much. Um, I saw actually saw stuff before we moved into this house, and I have continued to see stuff to this day. So like I don't know, I don't like to call myself a seer because people who go around and they're like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm clairvoyant, I have ESP. They kind of annoy me, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to say like I have this special gift or whatever, but I do. I do see things. So if that means I'm a seer, then I guess I am. I don't know. But that's that's just kind of that. So she hasn't seen stuff so much anymore. But uh, yeah, she definitely saw saw that that night, um, which was weird. And when my mom would come in to bed at night or, or like into our bedrooms to tuck us in, when she would tuck me in, um, you seen Star Wars, like Darth Maul? She, like the, he's got the horns, it's like red face. Horns oh, yeah, I've seen okay. the character. I, I listen. Yeah, yeah, you're talking to a guy who the only Star Wars I've seen is the original three when I was a child. We used to watch them. Okay, all the new stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and the, to me, new stuff is stuff that came out in the 2000s. Like that's new to me. So okay, right. <laughs> but the guy, so the guy with the red, the red face. I got it, and now I know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, or, or similar to um, from Insidious, if you've seen that, the guy with the red face. But uh, basically, when she would tuck me in at night, she had a different face. And she looked like this guy from Star Wars. And my sister saw the same thing every night when my mom would tuck her in. And my mom would always pray with us. So like Darth Maul would come into my bed at night or in my bedroom and, and pray with me. And it was a terrifying experience. So I was always scared of my mom coming in to pray with me. And uh, so was my sister. And we both on separate occasions described what we were seeing on my mom's face exactly the same as like, you have horns on your head, your face is red, you look like Darth Maul. And, uh, so we hadn't, and I had never talked to my sister about that. So we're both describing the same entity or whatever that we're seeing or the distortion or whatever. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. And so I have a younger sister and I have two younger brothers. So my younger brother, he swears to me and he's actually, my brother's the one who told me to reach out to you guys, Andrew. Uh, he's like, you gotta get on with Tony Merkley. You gotta tell him our story. It's crazy. I was like, okay. It's Cause he listens to your podcast. So he, he sends me episodes to listen to and stuff uh, but he swears to this day that he would fly around the house in the middle of the night like he said something would wake him up and he would just fly around to all of our rooms and not like a astral projection kind of a thing like he said he would just physically like something would pick him up and he'd fly around and look at us while we slept and like go up and down the stairs and 
just absolutely crazy. And uh, one time my parents found a needle in his bed, um, which upon further investigation has connections with like hexes and curses and things like that. Um, and I remember at the time I was so hateful to Andrew and I would just speak like basically curses over him saying like, he's going to grow up and be a bad person and he's, he's going to be evil and he's going to be a criminal. And I would just like say this stuff to him. He's a little baby. He's like less than a year old. And I just say all these horrible things to him. And, uh, looking back on it now, like I, I, I think Andrew has a calling on his life to be a pastor. And so I think this was him being born and the enemy just wanting to kind of thwart that or maybe set up a different uh, direction for his life, perhaps. I don't know. So you're saying that you were, you were speaking that stuff over your brother before, like as a baby. Yes. When he was just a little baby. And uh, my mom was like, why do you think that? I'm like, I don't know. I just have a feeling. <laughs> I'd look at him and be like, you're evil. <laughs> just tell him horrible stuff. I, I regret it. It was horrible. I, I was a jerk as a kid. I don't what, know. What's the age gap? Uh, six years, seven years, something like that. Hmm. It doesn't, that doesn't strike me as a, uh, a civil rivalry, rivalry type of uh, age gap. I mean, I have a sister who's five years younger than me. And I never felt jealous or angry at her for being born, you know? Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I have a great relationship with all my siblings now. Like, I definitely not a rivalry thing. I think that was just a spiritual influence. But, yeah. Um, also, our animals. So, we had a dog and a couple cats and a whole bunch of chickens. We had goats. Like, you know, we lived on a farm, everything. And uh, our dog went crazy. Our totally normal dog. You know, I grew up with this dog and uh, murdered all our chickens. And then turned into like this evil, bloodthirsty killer dog that we had to put down. And uh, was totally normal until we moved into the house. And I don't, I have no explanation for that that was just kind of crazy um our goat mysteriously died just randomly one time um i went in to feed it and it was just dead but it was like almost like the goat had committed suicide and th the reason i say the suicide is because i was going around talking about how our goat committed suicide because it jumped into like the vat where the cow poop goes and it's like there's no reason for it to do that and uh we found out from a neighbor that the people who lived there before us their horse just drown itself in the pond like it just ran into the pond and drown itself so that the animals in this place like get kind of wonky and they act weird so yeah we were like oh do you think that's a that's a i don't know like a, a legion in the pigs kind of thing you know yes yes definitely definitely 100 percent. that's a great way to describe it i think for sure that's a great way to yeah Absolutely. <laughs> Why don't you explain that? By the way, I'm just thinking about that now. Like, maybe people don't even know what I'm talking about. What when I when I refer yeah. to legion going into pigs, what, what what am I talking about? Yeah. So basically, you're describing uh, Jesus going across the sea and landing, and there's this guy or two guys, depending on which gospel you're reading, and we've got him full of a thousand demons or more, and Jesus is casting these demons out, and the demons are like, hey when you cast this out, can you just let us go into that herd of pigs over there? And Jesus is like, okay, you can go in the pigs. So then they go into the pigs and then all the pigs run off and drown themselves in the water. And it's, that's basically exactly what happened, except it was a horse, but, or, or they go and kill all the chickens. But yeah. So that shows straight from scripture that 
the enemy has the power to manipulate animals and make them drown themselves or do whatever. Okay, let's take a second and talk about our sponsor for this week's show, which is Simply Safe. And we've been talking about it, and I'll continue to because I absolutely love Simply Safe because you know what? They make me feel safe. My home and my studio, everything is under the blanket protection of Simply Safe. In fact, I kind of went above and beyond overboard with my security at the studio because, you know, it was the first time I ever was apart from all my equipment, all my gear. It was not housed in my house, and so I wasn't around. Around it all the time, and I just wanted to make sure it was good. And I even talked to the people that work in the same building that I work out of and stuff. And they're like, "Oh, you don't have to worry about anything." I was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, you don't know who I am. You don't know who listens to my show. There might be somebody out there right now that's a double agent that wants to break in, steal some hard drives, and keep the information away from the people. And we can't be having that." So I went all out on my security system. Trust me. You ain't breaking in here, and if you do, the alarm will be sound, and you're going to be on video from many angles. Anyways, I love Simply Safe, and that's just why, because they really do take care of me, and it's easy to set up. I do it all myself, and if a dummy like me can do it, you can do it too. Now, Simply Safe has 24-7 professional monitoring with Simply Safe agents to call you at a moment's notice when a threat appears on their radar. Simply Safe just basically blankets your entire home and your office with the protection that it needs, the eyes that it needs. When you're sleeping at night, you're protected. Right now, you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash confessionals. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash confessionals. There's no safe. Like Simply Safe. Um, so, yeah, I ended up actually uh, developing like an anxiety disorder from all this. I was so afraid, scared of stuff. Went into therapy. My mom went into therapy. I had counselors. It's, it was a whole, a whole big thing. Um, and uh, yeah, let me, let me see. Oh yeah, and back. Sorry, I'm trying. I'm looking through my notes. I put I had some notes here for you. That's fine. So one of one of the other things that happened, um, and the, none of these are in any particular order either. Uh, it's not like the order they happened, but when our pastor came over, he at first kind of thought my parents were a little crazy, maybe, because <laughs> he had, it wasn't exactly witnessing stuff. And so he had got one of these nights, and it was probably like a month or two into it, he had gone to the bathroom real quick. And while he was in there, he was praying. He's like, Lord, you know, if these people are crazy or like, if there's actually something going on here, I need you to. I need you to show me what's going on. And he looked in the mirror in the bathroom and behind him in the mirror, he saw like these occult symbols in black, like floating behind him. And he saw a pentagram and I don't know what else he saw, but I just, I know he saw a pentagram and I'm very, very good friends with uh, his son. So like, you know, we grew up together. He knew all about all this stuff and everything. It was just, yeah, it's, it was crazy. So then he runs out of the bathroom. He's like, I saw something. I saw something. <laughs> so my parents were like, yeah, we've been telling you that for months. You know, this is real. So uh, it's probably safe to say then that the symbols that were seen when you first moved in were along those lines as well. Yes. Yes. That's, that's at least that's the, the running theory that we have. Um, yeah. So after that, um, a couple other things happened 
that I can't exactly get into a hundred percent, but things just weren't, weren't healthy at the house. They weren't good. And, uh, December 5th, and we have the date memorized because it was such a crazy explosive fight, but my mom and I had a really big fight with each other. And so she goes upstairs and I'm downstairs. She goes upstairs into her bedroom and starts praying. And then she comes out because she was like, I need to cool off. And so she's asking God for forgiveness for flipping out on me and everything. I think it was over a pen or something like very minute, didn't matter. And so we go into my brother Andrew's room and the way that the architecture is in the house, her bedroom is way down at the end of the hall and Andrew's room was on the complete opposite end. So there's a very long hallway. And so she was sitting with her back against the door closed. And while we were in there talking, there was this huge crash against the door and she turns around and opens the door and I see this man run down the hallway and into the bedroom but it wasn't like a man man it was like a demon man and i thought it was my dad like wearing a costume or like dressed up being weird and so she's standing there like screaming like john john (laughs) is that you and like nothing's happening and then come to find out my sister had seen that thing before this had happened and then Somehow my mom saw it too. I can't, I don't remember the exact situation, but like all three of us saw this big thing that tried to break down the door and was being super violent and crazy. And so that was the night that we, we fled. And my dad is uh, in law enforcement. So uh, we thought maybe the house had been broken into or something. So he came in and like cleared the house and didn't find anything, obviously. But then things just continued to get worse. Um, and to, to the point that we're like, okay, we got to get, we got to get out of here. So yeah, I don't know. Do you have my my email that I sent you pulled up or not? Uh, I do now. Okay, all right. Well, I, no, I just <laughs> if you had it, I was kind of following that. Um, so there, we found out that there was a, a mother daughter suicide in the house, um, and I was trying to find the newspaper article to show you so I could have it for the podcast. And everything's behind paywalls now for these old companies that or these companies that have all the old newspapers so back in the day when i was researching this in high school i uh i didn't didn't have it but i I didn't have to pay for it so i had all this stuff and i didn't print it out like i should have and so we ended up figuring this stuff out basically i have a, a relative who um talks to the dead or at least thinks they're talking to the dead or something like that and so they actually spoke with a mother and a daughter at the house while we were there without us even knowing that this occurred and told them to leave and the mother and daughter agreed to to get out of the house. So I don't have a definitive statement one way or the other whether ghosts exist or not. I personally I I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm not a hundred percent against the idea of there being ghosts. If if there are, I would just say that they're they might be demons pretending to be people. There's a there's a lot of different theories on that. Um And so all of that's happening behind the scenes. We don't know about any of this. We moved down to Virginia and a couple years later, um, my great aunt calls our house when we're not home. And this is at, this is not in the farmhouse anymore. This is in the, the house that I lived in in Virginia here. And she calls and nobody answers. And back in the day with answering machines, when you'd call, 
and then somebody would answer the phone. It would record the phone call onto the answering machine. And so somebody picks up our phone. And so my aunt's like, hello, hello. And then this girl is like, hello. (laughs) And so she thought it was my sister, Allie. And so she's like trying to talk to her. She's like, no, this isn't Allie. This is, and then she said her name. And I don't want to say her name, but but she said what her name was. And uh, it was just freaking creepy. And she's like, oh, I must have the wrong number. Like, this is weird. But obviously it wasn't the wrong number because it was at at our house and they answered our phone. And so I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. And then we found out because we were talking to um, our other relative about it who'd had that conversation with the mother daughter and they told us the story and we're like, Oh, that's crazy. So that's what set me on my research thing to try to figure this stuff out about a mother and a daughter dying. And it ended up being the mother murdered the daughter in my sister's bedroom. And so it was like, and then committed suicide. So it was, there was a lot of stuff that happened in that house that we didn't know about at the time that was bad. And, uh, and then I ended up actually seeing the little girl later on and, there was just, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be careful how I talk about that story. Cause like I, certain parts of that, I gotta, I gotta be tactful. Why? I bring it up. Um, well, for one, I, I don't, my specific relative, I don't want to bring into it necessarily. And then the name of the girl, I'll just tell you the girl's name was Annabelle. Um, oh, and that's yeah, and fun. I can't, yeah, and I can't tell that story anymore because of the movie. And it's like <laughs> when when that movie came out, we were like, "Oh, nobody's ever going to believe this story again <laughs> because of the Annabelle doll." And we had never, we had, I didn't even know who the Warrens were. I didn't know about any of that stuff. And uh, yeah, but but the girl's name was Annabelle, and I swear to God, like I promise you, I mean, this. That is what happened. It's very, and, it's very uh, unfortunate on your end. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it really is. Um, I'll tell you, I, I uh, <laughs> before we progress here, uh, I'm in the same boat as you when it comes to this new podcast I'm doing, uh, because there is there, I, I can, I have receipts. Like I can prove certain things. The only unfortunate yeah. thing is the receipts that I have, um, are, are, are confidential for the, for the, the person presenting it to me. And, and, uh, right. until, and they're scared. They're scared to 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 be public right now. And so until yeah. they give me their blessing ethically, I, I mean, I could. I could just be like, well, it is what it is. I have no obligation to you. But ethically, I would feel like a jerk, you know? So um, yeah. I'm going, like, with the with the new podcast, like, I, I, I'm making some very strong claims and saying that there are, uh, that I have access. I have in my hand certain things that can back up what I'm, I'm presenting. But... I can't tell people the details of that because as far as like the names and stuff, because it, it would, it would out certain people and, and I ethically couldn't do that, you know? So I, I, right. I'm in a similar boat where it's just like, dang it, you know, like <laughs> that, that stinking name, if it wasn't for the name. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Could have been any other name, any other name, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, where are we at here with the storyline of this house then? I mean, are uh, so you're, you're there's there's that, and uh, yeah. I I know you said it, it kind of built up to a certain point. Are we are, is that the point or what? That is that is pretty much the point. Yeah, that there were there were a couple other things that kind of contributed to that, but that was the tipping point when we escaped because we're like, okay, this is they're physically moving stuff. They're trying to hurt us. 
finding needles in the cribs. <laughs> like this is just, it's completely out of control. I mean, it, so we, we had to get out of there. And after the fact, all of the pieces have kind of fallen into place and we've understood more about what was going on. So looking at that area as a high place, which I alluded to earlier, uh, less than half a mile away, um, about 10 years after we moved out, they started construction on a Buddhist temple. And now up on that mountain, on that property, there is a, a very close to that property and at less than half a mile is a, is a Buddhist temple. And um, it's, uh, what are they called? It's called Wat Pa Thai Tavorn or whatever. I, I don't know. It's in Schenectady, New York, but uh, just up on a hill, totally crazy. They've got idols all over the place. And I know Buddhists, they don't, they say they don't like worship the idols, but there's idols all over. There's blood spilt on the property. Uh, our neighbors were swingers, so they had like crazy sex parties all the time. So there was just it, it hits all the all the stuff for for a high place uh, along with the territorial spirits. So that's kind of like let's let's get out of here. Time to leave, friends. Time to leave. Yes. So you you fled there, and and, and you. I think you said it on this recording or was it an email about practically leaving in the middle of the night? Did you guys like just get up and leave kind of thing? Uh, yeah. So we, that day we left and then I think we, I either spent the night at my pastor's house or I think I spent the night there and then, yeah, yeah, I definitely spent the night there. And then, uh, within, I don't know, a very short time we moved out. Um, and I think they actually, kept the own i think they continued owning the house and we had moved out until they were able to sell it um and the house has sold a couple times since then too so it's you can't really keep anybody there i don't think anybody wants to stay in that house i'll buy it no i'm just kidding I'm yeah not, i'm not hey, buying it no nah, go ahead man what do you think i <laughs> am zach down. baggins over here you know <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not familiar with him you said zach baggins yeah he's the guy who runs the ghost adventures tv show Oh, over the okay. top guy. Okay, he's then, like, I, he's then like, I know who you're. Come talking about. fight me! You know that guy. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. I got you. Now. I think he'd be really fun to hang out with, though. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I bet he's got stories, like stories. Yeah. And yeah, and we don't like specifically go looking for this stuff either. That's that's part. Of, this was just kind of dumped into our laps, and we're like, okay, well, what do we what do we do with this information? And that's kind of what led. Me because I never stopped seeing stuff, so I'm I'm seeing demons all the time, every day, all over the place, and it's like, well, shoot, a lot of these people that I know <laughs> are being like attacked by demons and they don't even know it. So that's kind of what got me into to deliverance ministry because for some reason in America, people think that there's not demons here; they just think it's like an Africa thing or something. That's a uh, a fail on the American church. That's a fail. On the, it's that's a complete utter fail on their half. Uh, there's no reason for that other than pastors not doing their job with their flock. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about it then. You say you see demons practically every day, uh, and they're around people that you know. Uh, how do you approach those situations? Do you approach the situations? Do you tell them? Do you just pray for them? Uh, how did you get involved in this stuff? Because I know in the email you mentioned about how uh, you now uh, teach churches how to deal with demonic uh, what uh, possession. Yes. Uh, I I use the term oppression. Okay. Um. But but 
possession, it's what I'm describing as oppression is what most people would consider possession. I just, I don't like the term possession. I think it confuses people. Um, the best way to look at it, it like with, with the King James Bible, when they talk about um, people being demonically possessed, the words behind that, the translated possessed is just, it's demonized. You're being influenced by a demon. And so what we have found is that there are just varying degrees of oppression, whether they're inside you or outside of you, that doesn't really matter because we're not talking about physical entities. We're talking about spiritual entities. So there's not necessarily that same concept of in or out um, that I think people think about. Um, And it's not just because you've got demons that are in you influencing you to do stuff doesn't mean you're mind controlled and you're just a zombie. Like that's, that's not what we've seen either. So, but there's, there's a lot of bad information out there, uh, by people who mean well. Um, so like, for example, we have a recommended reading list for spiritual warfare books. And I also have a not recommended <laughs> reading list of like, Hey, here's a, here's a couple of books by like really well-meaning pastors who want to teach people about spiritual warfare. And they're just wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's very sad, but yeah. So, uh, what, what are some of the things that you have come across with this stuff? I mean, um, for instance, you, you, you mentioned about how, you know, there's different thoughts and stuff and how some of the thoughts are kind of off. Um, yeah. when it comes to, and you describing this as a, a oppression type situation, uh, mm-hmm. but you did mention about like a demon being inside somebody, uh, right. What 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 does this look like for you? I mean, I, I've yeah, heard yeah. people talk about like you know some really gnarly stuff. Uh, have mm-hmm. have you encountered stuff like that, or is it more like um, I don't know, like just a trip to the office on a Monday? Yeah. Uh, so, okay, let's start at the beginning. Uh, basically, we teach a trichotomous view of how the soul, spirit, and physical body correlate to one another uh, with human beings, right? So Tony has a body, Tony has a spirit, Tony has a soul. Blake has the same thing. And how do they all fit together? So we would say that the spiritual uh, side of things, the, the spirit is your connection to God. Your soul is your mind, your will, your memory, your emotions, that type of thing. And your body is just your physical body. That's your blood. That's how you interact with the world around you. That's your body. Um, generally what we see is that the demons when they're oppressing people inhabit the soul or the body um so it kind of just is a is a kind of a way that we can reconcile when the bible says that people are spiritually dead um that that's what they're describing is that they're separated from god and so they're still soulishly alive it's not like their soul is dead they still have a mind a will memory emotions things like that um, but their spirit is dead. They don't have that connection with God. So when we become Christians, when we put our faith in Christ's work on the cross and what he accomplished on that, uh, God resurrects our spirit. It's like when we're baptized, we're buried with him in baptism, raised the newness of life. It's that whole idea. And then not only is our spirit resurrected, but then he places his spirit inside of us as a deposit to strengthen that, that connection. Um, so, In the book of Galatians, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So once we have the Holy Spirit with our spirit inside of us, uh, there's going to be certain things that you're going to recognize in the life of a person who has experienced that. So it's like love, joy, peace, patience, all all that stuff. Um, And on the flip side, 
we have the lusts of the flesh. So in the same letter, he talks about the lusts of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit, and they're in kind of contradiction to one another. So we see the fruit of the spirit in the soul, right? Your mind, your the, the way you're acting, things like that. That's where you're going to experience love. That's where you're going to have patience, all of that stuff. And it's also where you're going to have the lust of the flesh. So the demons come in to the soul and they try to make you indulge in these lusts of the flesh. And what we try to do is, well, it's not what we try to do, what we do do is get these demons to get out of people's souls. And then we replace where they were with the fruit of the spirit. So that way, when the demons try to come back, they can't get in because now there's there's fruit occupying that space. Um, so like when we cast demons out of people uh they have manifestations of exit is what we what we call it um so there's i would say the common manifestations of exit would be like burping coughing sneezing uh screaming yelling shouting roaring things like that uh uncommon would be like levitating and you know explosive diarrhea like we you know is weird that stuff possible? like that, that yeah 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 have you seen um, it? We had, uh, so I haven't seen, we had one. So I've also, I got to have like a confidentiality thing too. Like I can't like talk about people's issues, but we, sure. we have had uh, one client who was levitating that according to his family, I never witnessed that. Um, and we had another client who was experiencing very, very bad uh, diarrhea during uh, self-deliverance that she was experiencing before we actually met. Uh, together with the church leadership, um, so, so but that's that's uncommon. So self deliverance meaning she's trying to do it on her own. Uh, yeah. So when we when we work with individuals, because um, basically we we only want to work with churches and individuals who have a home church because there's like aftercare involved, and so we don't we we basically are trying to eliminate the need for specialized deliverance ministers altogether, and we just want the local church to be able to deal with this stuff on their own. So it's like, if you've got demon problems, you should just go to the prayer team or have a pastor who's equipped to handle this stuff so that you don't need to go pay some guy, you know, $800 an hour to yell at demons through Skype <laughs> at you, you know, like, it's just, that's not what we want. So we want the the local church to actually be the body of Christ and do what it's, it's supposed to do. Um, and so we had given uh, that client some homework to do and a lot of the homework they do is a lot of uh, self-reflection, introspection, things like that. Um, forgiving people, writing down lists of open doors, basically, because there's ways that these demons get in um, that we call open doors. And so we need to close those doors so they can't get in anymore. And then we kick them out. Um, so when she was doing all the homework, she was actually experiencing deliverance and things were coming out of her. Um, usually the, the the exits are involved with the breath. Uh, the Hebrew and Greek and it, it maybe even Latin um, not that that necessarily matters but the the same word for breath is the same word for spirit um, so when it's talking about a spirit coming out of somebody so I just think it's it's interesting that when they leave they come out like a breath it's just unique so um, you mentioned about it can manifest in uh, burps and sneezes and coughs um, yeah People would say that that's just normal human body uh, yeah. thing. So, how would yeah. you ha- like? Ha- like, all right. So, like, if I if it, it, I don't know if you're doing work or something on me, and I start if I I sneeze and I'm like, no, nah, my nose just itched, man. Like, 
You know, mm-hmm. like how, how do you discern that for you? Because I mean, I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm just presenting the other side of the, the coin here. Of, you know? of course, so, yeah, absolutely. Just, and and that's one of the things that we we have to do is we we usually don't prep people ahead of time. Like yawning is one of those things where if I talk about yawning enough, like you'll probably start yawning. It's a it's like a a community thing that we do for some reason. So I don't like preload people with what to do or whatever. I'm just like, cause there's a lot of guys who watch on YouTube. They're like, just start coughing, start burping. They'll come at you. And it's like, that's not what we're, that's not what we're trying here, to do some soda. Yeah. There's right. There are a lot of YouTube like charlatans out there that are, that are just crazy. And, uh, so like we'll, we'll get with somebody and somebody who, uh, is not sick and does not have a scratchy throat or any problem at all, I'll just start commanding this demon to come out of them. And then all at once they start coughing till they puke in a garbage can. And it's like, yeah, that's not, that's not normal. You know, people don't do that unless we're, so we, we see them go from very, very normal people to, Oh, clearly there is a demon looking at me through these eyes right now and it's coming out. And so like when you've got somebody going, (laughs) you know, in front of you, there's your sign. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, exactly. And if you've got a seer with you too, and they're seeing stuff come out when they're doing that, that's a nice little confirmation. Not that we're, we rely specifically on that because somebody can do all of these things and have these, these manifestations of exit. But what we're really looking for is the fruit. So we want to see people have their lives changed. And like you can, you can burp and cough and scream all day long, but it's like if you're still going back to the same lifestyle and, and nothing's different and you're still being tormented or whatever then that's, there's no point. We're just wasting our time. So. Okay. So, so if, if that were to happen, somebody mm-hmm. has, you know, there's an exit or a perceived exit, uh, but they, they don't really have a lifestyle change and it seems like they still have the problem. Would you mm-hmm. say that, uh, there was more than one demon? Is that, is that a possibility that was in them um, or? So that's definitely possible. Um, and, and with our process, we're very, very thorough. So we'll get rid of every demon that you've got. And there's pretty much no way for them to hide. Is that, um, is that a 100% guarantee, money back kind of thing, even though you're not charging? Yeah, I mean, that's we have never had a demon not leave after a long enough time. I mean, except well, there's one we're working on right now um, that, that's still hanging on being throwing but sometimes, <laughs> the it, sometimes you, it takes <laughs> the way you said that, but there's this one guy right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well it's i mean we're probably like i there's one that the longest that ever went was we broke it up into multiple sessions it was like 20 hours it's ridiculous but uh, usually 20 it's, hours it's whoa on just what? one yeah, yeah, yeah wow yeah so sometimes it's a long time um and that was one of the things i really had to come to terms with when we started doing this because i would say like you know hey come out in the name of jesus and I was just straight up, they would say no. And, uh, and it's rare for the demons to like talk. Like they, they usually don't talk, but sometimes they'll talk and then they'll be like, you know, no, I'm not leaving. Well, oh, and it's like, well, well, I told you to in Jesus name. <laughs> oh, I don't know see, what else I'm supposed see, to do here. That, that, all right. So that's where it ends for me. So like, if they said no to me, I'd be like, but I said so. Like, like, right. I don't, I don't know. The, right. People ask me sometimes, they'll, they'll email their message and they'll ask for advice. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you other than what I already said on the show. It, it, it expel them in the name of Jesus. Beyond that, I don't know what to do. So this is a great opportunity yeah. for me to ask you, what do you do in those situations? Yeah. Um, so that is a great opportunity for you to exercise the fruit of the spirit of patience. 
And so you just continue doing it. And uh, even if it takes 20 hours, they're eventually going to leave. And so what we have seen is um, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. And I can't claim that as my quote, but like that's, that's the idea. So I'm not going into battle trying to win. I, like, Jesus already won. And so I'm going in as an enforcer. And so basically we're, we're cleaning out the, like when the, the U.S. soldiers went around to the different islands or island hopping, and there were still these, these islands of Japanese soldiers that thought the war was going on. So we're like, no, you already lost. It's just like we've got all these pockets of, of rebellious demons everywhere. And it's like, listen, you need to leave these people and you need to get out. And you know you need to leave, so you need to go. And sometimes um, they don't want to leave right away because there's like a curse. So they feel like they have some kind of legal right to be there. They're very legalistic. Um, sometimes they have an assignment, just like a direct assignment. And they're like, hey, you need to go attack this person's life in this way because you know, boss demon over here told you to. And so then they're scared about getting in trouble or, you know, whatever. We've heard a lot of different excuses from them. Um, and I, I usually tell them to be quiet. I don't engage them in conversation. Um, there's a couple questions we'll ask, but I don't, I'm not trying to get like secret hidden knowledge from them or ed- they just need to shut up. They just lie constantly. For, for the interests of my show, I would appreciate if you start asking them. <laughs> just like, I'm very curious because what you're, what you're saying, what you're describing is a sense of a pecking order, hierarchy kind of thing. And, and, and yeah, so, so they, they work in, uh, there's definitely in, in our process, basically, I can just lay it out for you. It's very, very simple. So, um, I sit down in front of somebody and I say, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I command the ruling demonic authority operating in the life of so-and-so to surface right now and look at me. And I continue saying that until the demon comes up. And either the person feels it come up or I can tell right away because their entire body changes. And How then, is it Physically, like, they change? Yes. Like they, their facial expressions change. Like sometimes their face looks different. Um, their eyes, their pupils get different. Their eyes get really wide. Maybe their nostrils flare. Um, they might look at me with like a curved head, like the, it's just something weird like that um, happens. And then I say, uh, my boss kicked your boss out of heaven. Are we in agreement on that? And I'll continue doing that until they finally admit yes. And then I say, okay, well, with that authority, I command you in the name of Jesus to tell me your name. And so eventually it tells me the name. And then I say, okay, well, what's the name of the demon underneath you? And then what's the name of the demon underneath that one? And we go all the way down till there's no demons left. And then I'll, I'll also ask, like, are there any demons above you? Because sometimes the top ones will send out, like, underling guys to, you know, decoys or whatever. And they've got, like, bodyguards. And they try to, like, take the brunt of the attack or whatever to, like, hide. the. It's so stupid. It's really? Crazy. I'm dead serious. Absolutely. Wow. So, uh, yeah. But that's how, how that's how thorough we are. And so... I originally did all my training through above and beyond Christian counseling and they're down in Florida. And so they have a really cool process. Like I don't, I'm not, you know, hating on their process or anything, um, but it, it would take a very long time. And when I had talked before about the 20 hours, that was before we had our new process. So <laughs> this is a much faster process. Um, but uh, Dr. Appleby wrote a book called uh, It's Only a Demon, A Model for Christian Deliverance. And you should totally check it out. Uh, I think it's like 20 bucks on Amazon or something, but uh, I had a, he used to teach at Liberty University here in Virginia, Lynchburg. And my friend was down there at Liberty. He got me in touch with him and his book has completely changed how we do deliverance. And it's amazing. So he's, he's really onto something. Um, but yeah, so we basically use his process now. And so then once we have the list of the top highest ranking demon all the way to the bottom, we just say, okay, we start at the top. 
So the hardest fight is always going to be that first one because they're the strongest. And then it just gets easier and easier as we go. Kind of that like reverse snowball effect, basically, and uh, kick them all out. So what's the purpose and reason behind asking the name? So for one, um, it models the practice of Jesus, right? So earlier we had talked about uh, the demons going into the pigs and he asked the demon what its name was and it said legion. So uh, I'm not trying to go apart from scripture. Um, we, we stay very grounded in the Bible for all of our processes and everything. We don't really want to, like I'll, I'll maybe take one foot off as long as I've like, I've got one foot on scripture, but I'm not going to take two steps away kind of thing. Like, like I'd be like, well, this says this, so it's safe to assume this but I'm not going to make an assumption based on that. Kind of, if that makes sense. Yeah, like um, uh, Pharisees creating laws to follow the Ten Commandments kind of thing, you know? Exactly. They, right. they should have right. just stuck so with I'm the not, Ten Commandments. Yeah, so I'm not trying to do all that, um, but there, we have witnessed, at least, and, and I don't want to build doc, doctrine and stuff on experience, but what we have seen is that once we have the name, um, they leave much faster. So uh, you don't need the name at all. Like we have called demons out by their nature. Um, we've even prayed them away. And like some of them won't come out that way. Uh, some of them you have to pray and fast. And it, they just, they're not going to go unless you pray and fast because for some reason God wants to be the one to, to pull them out. And, and really ultimately like it is God doing it. Um, it's, it's the delegated authority through, through Jesus. So like we, we need to act uh, just like Moses needed to act to lead the people through the Red Sea. You know, it wasn't Moses' power that parted the Red Sea, it was God. Um, so it's that same kind of idea of like, we're walking in obedience, but we're walking in obedience because in, in victory, knowing that Jesus is going before us and behind us. Interesting. That's very interesting. Um, so <laughs> and I'm still learning stuff. Like, I'm definitely by no means an expert. And like, it seems like every couple of months we're like, oh, wow, that's new. This is cool. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> You, you you have these experiences of doing these things. Uh, do you? I forget what you said earlier, but you said something that my first reaction in my head, and I didn't say it because I'm trying to get better with my interjections. Sometimes I, I interject at the wrong times, but uh, um, it, it made me feel like he probably doesn't watch horror movies because it would probably make it very difficult doing what he does. Do you watch horror movies for the imagery so or? It's the it's the funniest thing. So I love horror movies. I love them. You freak. And I, <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, I mean, I've seen, I've seen just about every scary movie. Like I, I mean, the, ah, I love them. And it's really weird. But about two years ago, I think it was twenty twenty. Yes, about two years ago, um, I was feeling really convicted about Halloween. And we we'd do Halloween parties at our house. Like we'd get all dressed up, we'd go out, we'd do stuff. Like I was big into Halloween, and I just felt really convicted about that. And I am by no means saying Halloween's bad or evil or that people shouldn't celebrate it, but I just personally like I shouldn't be kind of like a as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord kind of situation. I was like, hey, this is actually something that I feel like um, God doesn't want in my life. And so I threw away all of our masks and all of our costumes. And I basically said, you know, Lord, I'm I'm sorry that I was kind of like allowing this in our home. And I, I threw away some decorations and stuff that we had. And uh, after that, I have not wanted to watch a horror movie, which is just weird. So I haven't seen any since then. Um, and it's been about two years and it's weird. There, now, also, 
I'll say that Hollywood basically shut down about two years ago. So <laughs> there's been a lot of scary, scary movies out since then. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't really know how to, I don't, I don't really know what that means exactly. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Um, but I don't know. See, I'm, I'm the opposite with, so I, I never got into horror movies. I never liked horror movies. I'm like, why would I ever want to scare the hell out of myself? Like, I don't want to do that. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so, and I don't want to walk around being scared of things. And so I just never, never got into it. But uh, doing what I do and stuff, I definitely wouldn't do it because I, I, because, I think because going into what I do, I wasn't a horror movie guy to begin with because I didn't want to be scared. Like right. hearing some of the stories, if I had mental images of what I saw out of Hollywood, like I... I don't think I'd be very mentally healthy right now. I have, some people would argue that I'm not mentally you. healthy now, but uh, I definitely wouldn't be mentally healthy <laughs> <laughs> if I if I had those images along with it. Um, well, I, and let's say too the the Hollywood has gotten exorcism horribly wrong. Also, so any like anything you see in any movies is not accurate, even remotely. Like not even a little bit. I have never. I have cast out more demons than I could possibly count or remember, and I have never seen anything close to like the exorcist, for example, or uh, deliverance from evil or, you know, whatever. Like there's a couple of them that have exorcism scenes. You know, I just had this, I just had this thought. Um, I've talked to people like you over the years. Uh, I've never, I've never felt, um, I've never, I've never been part of an exorcism that I can think of or remember really. I mean, I've observed, uh, people praying for a demonically possessed girl when I was a teenager. Uh, and that yep. was interesting, but like, I never participated. Uh, I, I, I almost, I almost feel like I should, uh, maybe one day be part of something and just kind of like see, cause like you, what you just said, you were like, uh, Hollywood has gotten this so wrong. The only represent, the only imagery I have in my head is Hollywood stuff. I, I can't okay. imagine, I can't imagine a, an exorcism not being, edgy and scary and 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 oh my goodness what did i just go through and run out of the room type of situation i mean uh have you ever gotten in a situation with an exorcism where you're or deliverance where you're like you know this is bonkers nerve-wracking kind of thing yeah there have been a couple times um especially back at the beginning when it was all new and I didn't know quite what to expect. Uh, there were some things that startled me or scared me a little bit. And like when when people at the beginning, when people would scream, uh, that used to scare me. Um, and now I just kind of recognize that as like, oh, like you know, the Bible says that unclean spirits came out of people screaming as they went, and that's just kind of that's how they leave. And so, like I just remember this one time, the very first time one ever screamed coming out, and this this guy just. <gasps> like at the top of his lungs he lost his voice um but screamed for probably 30 45 seconds that's a long time to scream at the top of your lungs and like his face was so red and his spits flying out of his mouth and you know all this stuff and he's just screaming as this thing is coming out and that was like his his top you know his main main one so it kind of makes sense it was a it was a stronger kind of manifestation but usually like when the demons are up and stuff like the people are still in control they're not usually losing consciousness or anything. So they're aware of what's going on. Um, so it's not, it's not scary like that. Um, and I would definitely encourage you to, to try to be a part of one. If somebody's actually like doing it and it's, and it's good, you know, not crazy. 
That's the, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I hear, I hear people tell their experiences. I'm like, well, how do I know which one, which, who's telling me what, you know, like, uh, I just don't yeah. know. And then, you know, do I pick the wrong one? And then all of a sudden I have a, I have a, a, a hitchhiker coming home with me and you know, I don't, I don't want to. Well, I would, uh, I would totally be willing to like fly out to Tennessee or whatever. Like if you got a church out there or whatever, and just be like, Hey, yeah, let's, let's do grab a volunteer. I mean, we, like my, my brother, Andrew, um, I, we cast stuff out of him just from like, basically by accident. I was like, Hey, can I practice talking to demons to you? Just because it's awkward. Like at the beginning, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you even do that? And so I'm like sitting in front of him and it's all awkward and everything. And I was like, you demon, you know, come out right now, just like as a joke. And then like this thing actually starts happening. We're like, what the heck? And so that, and then we made that thing leave and, uh, and it was just crazy. So like, okay, your brother's a Christian, I'm assuming (laughs) at this time. One more time. Is your brother a Christian at this time? Yes. So, so, so that's so, so Christians can be demonically oppressed, and that's why <laughs> you don't like doing the, the, the pose, possessed or what? Like, talk to me. Talk to me. This yeah. is interesting. Yeah. So that's the biggest hurdle that we have when we're dealing with churches and trying to talk to people is because, like, I grew up being taught that Christians cannot have demons in them, and the reason for that is because the Holy Spirit is in you. And what fellowship does light have with darkness? And, you know, if God is in you, how can a demon be in you? Because God is so great. He can't be around sin and, you know, all this stuff. And so that's what I was taught. And uh, the only scripture that was really used for that was pulled out of context, but I understood kind of the concept they were getting across. So I was like, okay. Um, And it wasn't until I was delivered myself that I realized, oh, no, 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 they definitely, because like one of my, spiritual gifts would be discernment so i always discerned growing up that i had like that my anxiety thing was a was a spirit and the um it wasn't until i was delivered from all that that i was like okay well i'm definitely a christian and i had demons come out of me so all these people casting demons out of christians maybe they're not as crazy as i thought and so then i I got a better understanding of what demonization actually looks like and the whole concept of possession as like Hollywood portrays it or as people read it, because I feel like people read the Bible about demonic possession through the lens of what Hollywood's given them. And so when you have all these preconceived notions or ideas or whatever on what it should look like, you get kind of confused and well, of course that couldn't happen if you're a Christian, because of course not. And so it's just like what what's actually reality versus made up Hollywood is, is very, very different. So we teach that Christians can be influenced by demons and there is just a varying degree. There's a spectrum on how influenced you are by them based on a whole number of factors. Uh, mostly how unforgiving you are and <laughs> how much you sin and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, um, you mentioned earlier about people, uh, being conscious during this whole process. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. you know, the guy yelling, ah, oh, like he knows he's yelling. Like, is this like an involuntarily, inv- like involuntarily yelling though? Like he, like, he's like, ah, oh, why am I yelling? So I'm like, ah, oh, like, or what? Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, and a story from my life. So I was delivered from a demon uh, earlier this year. No, late last year, maybe. I, I can't remember. Um, all right, pause for a second. So are you doing like, are you like taking your car once a year for an oil change kind of thing? Like you, you going for maintenance with somebody? 
Holy Ghost checkup. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> yeah. okay. I got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the kind of the way I describe it is like you've got a fish tank, a dirty fish tank that hasn't been cleaned for 26 years. And you're, it's going to take a lot of work to get it clean at the beginning. And then it's easier to clean as it gets dirty. It's kind of the idea. So, um, yeah, it took it was a lot of work at the beginning and got a lot of demons out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we're, we're doing better now. Yeah. But I had this thing come out of me and, uh, and I started yelling and I was home alone at the time, actually, when it came out and I had to put my blanket over my mouth to muffle the screams because I thought for sure my neighbors who were outside were going to think that I was crazy because I was just screaming at the top of my lungs in my house. So like I had the mental, like, like I would had the volition, the volition to pick up a pillow, hold it over my mouth as I'm screaming to try to like muffle the noise. So there's definitely that. Um, sometimes though it's, it's bad. Like they don't, the demons don't always want to look at me when I'm talking to them. Like I make them look into my eyes and, uh, Sometimes people have a really hard time like moving their head up, for example. Um, so there's there's things like that that'll happen. There's sometimes there's like involuntary shaking where like they can't stop shaking, uh, just kind of tremoring, I guess. But nothing super crazy like grabbing me by the throat or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, yes, yeah, but yeah, that, that's, right. yeah, yeah. Who knows? That's another knows? episode if it happens. Um, yeah. So uh, do people feel uncomfortable at first? Like when you sit down with them and they're and you're like. Look at me, and it's like, oh, dude. I mean, it's just we just it's awkward. We just yeah. had lunch, you know. Like, it's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. So I tell people, um, listen, I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking to the demons. So you just sit here, take a back seat, just relax. And I'm like, you don't pray, don't think, don't do anything. You just sit there. Say, I'm not worried about you right now. I'm talking to all these other personalities that are in your body that we're trying to get rid of, and uh, that usually makes it easier for them. So I'm like, all I need you to do is just try to stay still and look at me if you can. And you don't have any weapons on you, do you? <laughs> Ask people like, you're not carrying a gun, are you? <laughs> I don't want to get shot. So, so, um, you, you mentioned about your own, uh, experiences with it and you've done it countless times. You said, uh, what is the after effects of this? Uh, if somebody is maybe listening and they're like, you know, man, I might, I might have some demons in me. Uh, like, yeah. like what's the incentive because like, all right, so you're a Christian and yes. you had a, 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 at least a demon uh, mm -hmm. expelled. And so like, it's, it's, if you're a Christian, it doesn't seem like it's a ultimate destination problem. Uh, right. do, do you feel like you're walking lighter afterwards? Uh, do you feel like, is it a mental cl clarity that comes over you? Like what, what's the incentive for somebody to go through this awkward situation where they're like, all right, I'm going to sit down with this dude, Blake, and I'm going to, uh, let him yeah. look me in the eyes in an awkward way for a while when I'm mm -hmm. already, you know, I'm a pastor of a church. Like I'm good, you know? Exactly. Right. Okay. So, um, Right off the bat, the benefit to deliverance is freedom, and that's that's the result. So you have the freedom to be you, and you can choose with your free will that God's given you what you're going to do. So you can make good decisions, you can make bad decisions. You just don't have this other personality inside of you influencing you to make good or bad decisions, which if it's the demons are always making, you know, influencing you to make bad decisions. Um, I am not one of those people who says that there are demons causing all the problems. And 
people kind of straw man deliverance ministries and attack them a lot saying, oh, they say, you know, demons are behind every problem and, oh, oh you have a problem with drinking? It must be a demon and we'll cast out the new. It's like, well, you might just have a drinking problem. You need to stop drinking alcohol. Like if you're addicted or what, like that kind of thing. Um, I have, but what I will say is that you cannot counsel demons out of people. So if the demons are there, they're not going to leave through counseling and you cannot cast out problems in people that need to be counseled out. So like if you have a bad behavior, that's not demonic, you just need to get some help and stop acting that way. And if you have demonic issues, you can talk to as many counselors as you want. You can take as much medication as you want. Like ultimately at the end of the day, those demons are still going to be there. They might, not be doing what they were doing before, but they're still going to be there just hanging out because they would prefer to be in you than floating around in the ether, not being attached to somebody. Um, so they have different natures. Um, there's like I alluded to before, they have different, there's different kinds of them. Um, so some demons, let's say they're really, really good at making people angry. Some demons are really, really good at, uh, making people watch pornography. So like just whatever it is. So for me in my life, I'll just, pick three um so uh the number one demon in my life uh that was i was delivered from uh, her name was elspeth and she caused anxiety in me and so from basically the farmhouse until i was 25 24 25 so i think we're almost on two years of me being free from her um, I felt a horrible pit, like a gut-wrenching, horrible heaviness pit in my stomach or my intestines um, at all times. Never stopped. And that's usually the kind of thing people feel when they like get in trouble or they're nervous about something and then it goes away. It never left me. So if you can imagine carrying around a huge heavy backpack and like dumbbells taped to your stomach for, for like two decades, basically, like that's that's the kind of lightness and freedom that I experienced after that. And so like my, my wife will tell you, like I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed my eyes out for probably an hour after Elspeth left because I was like, this is too good to be true. This is crazy. I cannot believe that I'm free from this thing that I've experienced my entire life, that I've been on medication, that I've had all of these therapists and counselors and everything for I you know, to see a psychologist, all of these things. And, um, Another one I, I had mentioned pornography. So I had, uh, we had just basically without even calling the name, which is like any demons that influenced Blake to, uh, consume pornography, we command you to come out and I had something come out. And, uh, since then my desire to look at naked women on the internet is gone. <laughs> so <clears throat> it doesn't mean that I'm not still tempted to do that. It doesn't mean that I'm not, uh, a guy who's like attracted to women. When I see a girl and I'm like, Oh, she's and it's still like have a like lust. Like there's that I'm like a normal guy, you know, but I, the way that I used to be where I was hopelessly addicted to pornography, uh, ended. And that was really, really, uh, powerful. So I'm not saying every person who struggles with pornography is demonic. Like I'm just giving you testimonies of in my own life. Um, and then also I had a spirit come out of me. Um, now this one's name was interesting. Uh, elbow grease. Is what it was called. So some of them have like normal human names, like Elspeth, you know, for example. Um, this one was named Elbow Grease. Came straight from and your s- local car garage. Right. <laughs> and so Elbow Grease, the whole idea with with him was that I or her or whatever, uh, was that I basically anything that I wanted to do that, that was manly or masculine didn't want me to do it. So like working on cars wouldn't do it. Uh playing sports 
not going to do that. Um, anything. And my, my life motto basically was never try, never fail. So I just wouldn't attempt anything because I was scared of failure and all this stuff. So like people would throw me stuff and I would intentionally like not catch it because I was afraid that if I missed it, then they would laugh at me for like not being able to catch it. For example, just like hand-eye coordination, things like that. And so I, uh, I've been getting into the hobby of homebrew lately. So I've been like brewing mead and wine and things like that. And that's been really, really fun. And when I brewed my first batch of mead, that was kind of the last nail in the coffin, I guess, for uh, elbow grease. And we knew the name and we'd been, I'd been working on kind of changing my life, trying to get it out. And when elbow grease left, I feel like I've started working on our car, doing car repairs. Uh, my wife threw like a shirt to me from the top of the stairs or whatever. And I just reached out and caught it. And I was like, stopped. And I was like, this is the first time I even know of that I ever caught anything. And you it was just at, like, so the, <laughs> you look at your wife, you're like, yeah, baby, you see that? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it was probably like three days later or something. And, and I did that. And I was just so like, you start to notice the evidence of these things being gone because you're just free to be yourself. You're free to, to, to do this stuff now. And so those are just some examples of like, like my wife had a corn allergy and we cast out a demon that was causing the corn allergy and she can eat corn now. And that's like, that's borderline healing. Like, I don't know where the lines between demon problems and like diseases come in, but I mean, there's the ends to this. I don't know. I, we have yet to see where, where the end of this is, um, as so, far as like what we're able to do. So, um, the, the, is there a will portion of this where if somebody sitting from you either doesn't believe it could, it's possible, don't, they don't believe they had demons or, or just they, they don't really want to be sitting here. It's it, their, their mom or their wife told them to sit down with you kind of thing. Is it harder or impossible for the demon to come out then because the person housing the demon doesn't really will it? Uh, yeah, so... Um, trying to figure out the best way to answer that. Basically, um, deliverance is for the desperate. So if you're not desperate, you're not going to get delivered. Um, there's no sitting on the fence. There's no, well, okay, <laughs> like maybe we'll see if I want to be delivered or not. I mean, you got to be all in for it. Um, what that doesn't mean is that, okay, I'm going to open myself up like somebody wants to be hypnotized and just let you auto-suggest all these things and use mentalism tricks on me to make me pretend like I'm having demons leave me and it's all a placebo effect. Like That's not what I'm getting at, but th there is like, if the person isn't willing to get rid of an issue, the issue is not going to go. And the demons will just bring that up sometimes. Like they'll be like, Oh, this person's not ready to deal with this or, or whatever. Um, and sometimes they're just lying. So usually what we do is we have the person out loud say like, Hey, no, I don't want this in my life anymore. I don't want to do this. I want this demon to leave. And then they're like, ah, busted. Oh. It's like you heard it here first, you know, you gotta go. They don't want you here. So yeah. that's interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You 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 yeah. said a couple of times on this conversation and you said demon problems. And every time you freaking say it, dude, I'm like, <laughs> if you got demon problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, <laughs> but a demon ain't one. <laughs> right. Every time you say demon problems, I think, oh man, yeah. you're bringing out the Jay-Z in me, uh, <laughs> which is a demon. <laughs> so that dude's evil. Uh, but uh, anyways. 
I find this conversation very interesting and hopefully other people found it interesting as well. Um, you were saying things that just, I had more questions for. I don't, I don't know. It's really been enlightening, man. It's been, uh, talking with you and, and hearing you, uh, share these things. And the, I think these are questions that people have when it comes to this idea of deliverance and sitting down with somebody who, uh, in the classical sense is an exorcist. Uh, it's like, you know, is it gonna, is it gonna hurt? It, 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 does it, will it work? It, do I have a, a, a social obligation to give results? You know, like, will you walk away feeling right. like a failure right. if I don't, you know, have a demon that comes rushing out of me? Does that mean I don't have a demon or does it mean that I'm not ready? It's like all these questions I think people have that maybe keep them from pursuing that kind of deliverance, let alone the idea of why do I need to be delivered? Like I'm doing just fine. I have a full-time job. I have a wife. I have a kid. Uh, you know, it's, it's life is good. You know, it, it's what's the purpose. I mean, I, I'm a Christian, you know, who cares? Like at this point, like I'm feeling good. And so it, it, on that note, it seems like because you mentioned about how you had that anxiety for you know decades and then it was gone uh, i imagine it's almost like an anxiety pain that like you don't even realize you have because you lived with it so long and you don't know how how good it would feel until it's gone kind of thing so uh i mean it seems like if people the, the idea of well why do i need it and it's like well um once it happens, you'll feel real good. Like you'll be really glad that it happened kind of thing. That's what you're kind of saying, right? Like the, f the, free the freedom yeah. that comes with it is just like, it's so freeing. It's like nothing else I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's because not only are you free, but you're witnessing the power of God moving in your own life. And you're realizing, oh, wow, God, the creator of the entire universe actually cares about me. And he cares about this small little issue in my life so much that he he wants to free me from that and it's just it it changes your perspective in in a, in a lot of ways and it also gives you an opportunity to participate in the greater moves of god that are going on in the world and like in in mark chapter 16 or mark 16 17 i believe it is uh he says you know these signs will accompany those who believe and one of the things he says is they will cast out demons in my name and so it's not like required for everybody to do that, but it's one of the signs of Christians is that they will cast out demons and it's not some special gift or some, I mean, anybody can do it because really it's, it's God doing it through you. So you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have some magic, holy water, anything like that. You just, you know. Does it free you up uh, in the sense that like afterwards you feel like you're able to, I don't know if it's think clearly or whatnot, but like, like, does it free you up in the sense that like all of a sudden you're able to maybe do things that you wouldn't have done before because it, it's like, there's not a, there's not a cloud there. Like almost like sometimes you come across things in life situations in life. It's, it's like in life where it's like, um, uh, why didn't I think of that sooner? You know, like that's so obviously apparent. Why didn't I think of that sooner? And, and for some reason you just didn't think of that solution sooner. Is it something like that where like afterwards it's just like you're freed up and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to go pray today, you know, or something like, that, like just a, like a spiritual freedom in a sense. I'm yeah, de Depending on the nature of the spirit. Um, so if it specifically was trying to inhibit your prayers, then you may notice it in that way. Um, but yeah, the, the lucidity and the clarity that you get shows up in the way that the demon was manifesting in your life, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, listen, Blake, I, I appreciate you uh, sitting down and talking with me here. 
I think this has been a really fun conversation. The first half talking about your experiences, second half talking about yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, these experiences and what you do and stuff. I find it very interesting. And, you know, I, I've had people on the show in the past that have, uh, you know, that do similar things as you and stuff. And it's always good to have conversation with people that just um, are active in this realm because, uh, you know, I, I'm active in the sense that I record people's conversations. We hold discussion and stuff, but I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't take calls at midnight to go and cast out demons, you know? So it, it's just, right. it's not what I've been called to do, I guess. I don't know, maybe one day, but not right now. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Like if some, if like I'm in the presence of somebody and I'm like, it's very obvious and I feel like the Holy Spirit's like, Hey, you got to do something. I'll, I'll listen hopefully. Uh, but, uh, it's really fun to talk to people who this is this is what they're called to do. Like I feel like I'm called to be a podcast. I'm called to do this. I feel like uh, it's kind of cool to see other people following the same path. And so, um, with that said, uh, the name of the website. Let me scroll to the bottom here. Uh, DeliveranceSolutions.org, and that's your uh, nonprofit uh, organization, right? That's correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. And so that's where people can go and contact you if they feel like uh, they got demon problems and they feel bad for you, son. Yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> uh, on the website, deliverancesolutions.org, you can read about all of our information. Uh, we have a blog on there that we post. We also have a newsletter you can subscribe to and all of our social media is on there. Uh, we're the most active on Facebook right now. Um, and also we have a YouTube channel. So if you want to subscribe on there, we post testimony videos. We post videos of deliverance. We have a teaching video on there right now. Um, so that's how you can kind of keep track of all that. And if you are a pastor or a member of a prayer team or an elder or anything, and you want to know more about this, please reach out to us. I will fly anywhere in the US. I will drive anywhere. I will meet with you. I will video chat with you. Like All of this is free. Nothing costs any money. We just want to get the word out and bring freedom. That's really cool. And I'm, I, I just went to your, the website and it is not janky. Like it's, it is not a, uh, it is not the, uh, hi, I have a ministry and I started it in my mom's basement looking website, you know, so right. <laughs> like it's, it's, yep. it's, it's actually, uh, yep. easily navigation. Core, core values is professionalism. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah. it, it definitely is professional and I, I, and I appreciate it as a consumer. So, uh, anyways, deliverance solutions.org. If people are interested, uh, Blake, I appreciate you being here, man. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. That's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. You guys have helped me grow the show over the years by doing just that. Continue to do it, and we'll keep going here, moving forward into the future, friends. Thanks for being here. Until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first, it'll piss you off. Bye.
Mountains in the distant scene Trouble seems to follow me That's why I pop 